Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are having another off-season preview episode. We got our good friends Chris Saunders back here to help us tackle a team that Vegas thinks is going to do a little bit better this year as well as we do. They have a very good hitting lineup. They're going to score some runs. Their pitching is very subsect. It's the Cincinnati Reds listed at 77 wins. Chris, are you buying or selling that? You know, to be honest with you, you know, I think when you look at the Reds the last four years during this rebuilding process, they've won mid-60 games. And albeit the offense, which we'll talk about later, is ready to win now, the pitching, mainly the bullpen and, you know, the starting rotation to a certain degree, leaves a lot to be desired. And I, I just can't see this team winning that many games when you look at the Cubs, who are definitely going to be contending. The Pirates are always competitive. And then you have the Brewers and the Cardinals, two teams that, albeit, could definitely win the NL Central this year. Yeah, it's absolutely. Gonna be, it'll be hard for them to win that many, especially with teams like the Cardinals going out there and getting a big piece you know, to help them compete with these other teams. Somebody has to be the scapegoat. I mean, we saw it with the Orioles last year in the AL East. Everybody else tried to be competitive outside of the Blue Jays. But somebody has to take those licks. Yeah, someone does, and someone's going to get beat up. And if it was like 69-70 wins, I'd probably buy into it because I think they will win five or ten more games just from the acquisitions of, you know, a Puig, a Wood, a Kemp. You know, are those guys going to just steal some wins? Yeah. Wood's going to have a few games here and there. He's going to go seven scoreless. Puig's going to have those games. He goes three for three with the home run and the double. And Kemp's going to have, you know, his his hits as well. But I'm going to go under on the 77. It's going to be close. It's going to be in the 70s, but it'll be low 70s, I think, at the end of the day. I was thinking like 75. Oh, you think it's going to be that close? See, I think it's, I think it's going to be that close, 70, like 72 to 75-ish. It's pretty fair. So I'm I mean, still taking I, the under. Yeah, they're not going to be awful. Like, we, like Chris was just saying, their starting pitching has a lot to be left desired. Their bullpen has some older veterans in it that were good last year, sneaky good on a bad team. Don't know if they'll recreate that. But starting with their lineup, that is ready. It's MLB ready. Uh, you got Tucker Barnhart as their catcher, short-term and long-term. He's signed through 2022. I don't see him getting moved. I think he's going to be here for a little bit. I think they really like this guy. Yeah, I mean, you have a guy like Barnhart back there, but you also have a guy that they just acquired from the Dodgers that's under team control for a long time in Kyle Farmer. Yes, he's oh. definitely the future, and, and he's going to be probably a backup. You think he but starts the question is, day backup? The question is, is he the, is he the future, though? Because... I mean, they're only under contract. He's only under contract one more year than Barnhart. Barnhart's pretty good for for being a catcher in this league and being paid what he's being paid. And that's what it comes down to. I think it's money because his money goes up like a Christian Vasquez deal, where it's two. Bear with me on the points here, but two million, three million, four million. Then it jumps up to seven point five million in twenty twenty two, and it's it's a team option there, I believe, as well. At in twenty twenty two, Kyle Farmer still has two years left of arbitration. So it might come down to, you know, Barnhart just gets too expensive at that point, or he's solid, but if Farmer's better, then they kind of move on move on from there. I see I see Farmer as more of the bridge to Tyler Stevenson. Okay, Basically so like real yeah. far away. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Like Farmer will be the guy in between Barnhart and Stevenson. No, no disrespect to Kyle Farmer. You just have a guy that's top six in your system and is pretty good defensively. I think that you expect him to be the future more than Farmer. But if you want to compare both those catchers, though, you look at Barnhart and Stevens. Stevenson has had a tough time staying healthy the last two years, and you're talking about a guy who is, you know, he kind of reminds me of Matt Weeders, tall and I wouldn't say gangly, but looks a little awkward and, you know, has to be more coordinated. Now, he's a much better hitter, I think, if he can stay healthy than Barnhart. But defensively, you look at the last three years with Barnhart, he had a 992 fielding percentage, a nine, a, almost a perfect field percentage in 2017. And then 2018, he was a 984. And, you, I mean, you look at the caught stealing probably better than anything for all the lack of you know, pitching that we've talked about with the Reds, both in their starting rotation, and their bullpen, he still managed in 16 and 17 to throw out 34 and 32 base runners. And then in 2018, he threw out 17 out of 54 total. So albeit, you know, he doesn't have the sexy numbers in terms of hitting, but for a Reds team that has a very inept, you could say pitching staff, I think Barnhart is perfect for them, but He's already 27, and the Reds are, what, in year five of their rebuild? Eventually, somebody has to take stock, and this team needs to go up because you can't rebuild forever. Well, I mean, you could if you're the A's in, in Tampa Bay, but Cincinnati's trying to be like those teams where they rebuild forever and then they have a, a small window, a, a one to two, maybe three-year window. Oakland and Tampa's in it right now. Last year it started early. It'll be next year for sure. The year after that is going to be the question mark. By year four, they're going to be back to selling off Snell. They're going to move on from Chris Davis, and and those teams will will go back down. The Reds are trying to do the same thing. Their lineup's ready, but like you said, it is getting older. And I think the guy that, as soon as we say the word older, pops out and everybody pops out to me is their first baseman, Joey Votto. On-base percentage god, by the way. One of the guys that gets swept under the rug because he plays for a small market Sadly, how Mike Trout treated as well. Joey Votto Freddie might be Freeman. The, Freddie Freeman. Joe Va, Joey Votto might be the best first baseman of our generation. He really might when it's all said and done. You look at his, his on-base percentage. You look at his hits. You look at his average. You look at his pop. And he just quietly does it. And he plays defense. He's not, he's not a DH. He's, he's, a, he's a guy that's going to play till he's 40. And everyone oohs and ahs about Robinson Cano and how good he is at his age and stuff like that. Joey Votto is what you want to be as a baseball player. He's he's a lot like Helton, in my opinion, to where when Helton was playing, it wasn't all about Todd. It was more about the guys like Albert and, and people like that. We don't talk about Joey Votto enough. I mean, the guy gets on base, which is what you need in a game like today when it's everybody's based on power. You need a guy to get on base so that you can score runs. The best Joey Votto stat I've ever seen is he's never popped out to the pitcher, catcher, or first baseman. Wow. In his career. Never popped out. That's, That's insane. ridiculous. Yeah. He's also eating a lot of their payroll, though. I mean, you think about it from 2018 last year until 2023, they're paying him $25 million. And then yep. in 2024, they're paying him 20 mil. So, you know, the Reds, when they signed into that big, con you know, big time contract, that 10 year, $225 million contract, I think the Reds were thinking that they had a chance to be able to be upward and that Vado would be that area craft. But in some ways for everything and for all, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, poo-poo what he's done. He's been a top five, top six player, and 
even on a bad team, he was in the MVP at least discussions during you know the last couple of years. But you you know you, you kind of feel for a guy that is so good but is on such a bad team, and you wonder if you know he's getting that itch to want to try to leave. But then again, the team can't trade that contract unless they eat probably a good chunk. Of- so he's one of the few guys in the world that's happy where he is. He's happy in the city. He's happy on the team. And he's happy to do it, not in the big market. You don't see that often nowadays, especially with the you know publicity that baseball players get and just you know professional athletes get. Votto doesn't want to go anywhere, and that's good and bad. Like you just said, they're paying him a boatload of money, and on a team that stinks and still doesn't bring in fans, it's like, well, what the hell's the point of having Joey Votto here? But when you look at this lineup now and you look at the few pieces, you're like, you know what? If he could just be half of what he was in 2021 or 2022, he's worth it. Well, and you have you have a guy, let's slide over second base, who's had back-to-back years ever since coming to Cincinnati. Scooter Jeanette's been awesome. I mean, he's established established himself as one of the best second basemen in baseball at this point, ever since stepping foot in Cincinnati. Does everything right. I mean, didn't have as many home runs as he had last year. Of course, he had the infamous four-home run game last year. But it, he doubled his war this year. So, like, where do we place Scooter Jeanette in – Rank wise and second baseman in baseball, he's got to be uh, in the top. Yes, yeah, top five, top ten. I mean, he will be the biggest name at the trade deadline this year for position players. I think solely because unless it's some astronomical, you know, name like a Joey Votto or something stupid, but that usually doesn't happen. Scooter Gannett, twenty eight years old in his last year of arbitration, going to be a UFA, a pure rental that can play defense, that can hit, that can hit anywhere in your lineup. He's got pop. He can hit the top. He can hit the bottom. He's an all-around great player. Cincinnati's top players have taken some years to develop. You look at Barnhart, older guy. You look at Scooter older guy, 27, 28 years old. Same thing with Barnhart getting up there. And Gannett's in his last year of arbitration at that age. Do you pay him his money? I mean, you look at the top Reds contracts. You have Joey Votto, $225 million. Matt Kemp was traded for $160 million in his last year of it. He's their second highest. Suarez at $66 million. Then it's a real big drop off. You have Inglacius at 24 million, great contract. Barnhart, 16 million. Do you pay Scooter Gannett if you're the Reds in between Suarez and Inglacius? Because that's what he would probably fetch somewhere around eight to 12 million dollars a year and would be there for, you know, five, four to six years, something like that. I think he's a guy that you use to go get pieces to just add to this, add to this prospect pool that's already pretty rich at this point. But that might be just me. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't hate that idea just because they're not ready. And and Simpson's right go? there. So it's not like you don't have anybody. Nick exactly. Simpson is basically waiting. And they have a lot of prospects that are be ready in a couple of years. I mean, we were talking about him before. I didn't even get Chris's opinion on him, but I already know he loves him. Hunter Green, you know, he's a few years away. And they have a couple guys like that. They need some guys that are going to be ready next year and the year after. And I think you could go and trade a guy like Scooter Gunnett at some point this year either and probably the trade deadline to be honest and say hey listen we want a couple top prospects for him he's very good he's in his last year you can he wouldn't cost 30 million dollars like a manny machado or bryce harper he's affordable and he can help you see i'm i'm not as big on the reds prospects as you know i would say about other organizations only because their top you know four guys i love but is he going to be able to stay at third because they have suarez you know when they drafted india I was expecting the Mets to do that because they need a third baseman. They really don't have one who can, you know, profile as staying there. India can, but with the Reds already having Suarez, same thing with Senzel, 
you wonder, is Sinzel going to play second base when Scourgeonette is gone? Is India going to move to the outfield and have kind of like a Chris Bryant effect? Because the bat can play. I saw him play at Florida, you know, one of the premier colleges. He, he played in the SEC. Same thing with Senzel as well when he played at Tennessee. These guys are going to be in the majors. But the problem is, where are they going to go? And then about Hunter Green, I like, you know, I'm big on velocity in terms of having movement. And I've seen Hunter Green pitch two times. His fastball is as straight as a pencil. And he got hit very hard in the minor leagues before he hurt his UCL. And for a guy that throws that hard and has that dominant stuff, he should not be getting hit that hard. And I've talked to a couple of scouts and they said they love the arm, but the fact that he throws a straight ball, he needs to develop a two-seamer and find a way to take something off because everything is so hard with him. Hitters are getting so adjusted to that. Okay, I'm going to see 98. I'm going to see 89 to 90 on the slider that you know by the third or fourth pitch, the hitters have already timed him. But if he adds a changeup and takes you know 15 miles per hour off, even 10, that could be huge. So the Reds got to find a way to develop a kid who could be a number one. But as we, you know, we've talked about guys who come up through the minor leagues and are hard throwers. Michael Kopech is someone we've talked about many times. He was throwing a gazillion miles an hour and three starts in. What happens? He tears his ACL. He's out for the whole entire season this year. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you don't know what he's going to be. And just like Kopech, I don't think Kopech's going to be a starter. I think he's going to end up in the bullpen. Hunter Green, I think it's the same thing. I think you develop something. You don't want to see that rotation, I mean, go through the lineup two or three times with him at the moment. The Reds don't have the best history of developing pitchers, as we talked about off-air earlier. But he screams to me like a future Iglesias or Chapman, where he's going to come in, they're going to stick him in a role and stick him there. But the common theme is that they're a few years away, all these major prospects. Their farm system, like the Padres, where the next year you look at the Blue Jays, the next year you look at Oakland and Tampa and all these guys that came up already, they are a few years away and they're still not good. But they have a lineup that can compete. So they're a weird team. And we can we can jump over to, to Suarez if you want at third there, Austin, unless you want to say anything more about Hunter Green. No, I mean, that's pretty much what I got. Yeah, I mean, you have this young tandem on the left side of the infield and Peraza and Suarez. Very interesting group just because of how young they are when you have these prospects breathing down their neck like Senzel and you have India in 2021-ish. I mean, at some point, these are probably going to be guys in a couple of years that we flip to make room unless you just absolutely just see Peraza having a breakout season now that he's comfortable. I mean, he 288 last year. He's not the one I'm worried about. No, More worried not. about Suarez. But, See, I uh, like Suarez, actually. Really? I do, and I think that's a good contract. I think, it, I think it's one of those like Chicago White Sox contracts where they know what they're going to get out of him in a few years, so they locked him up early, made him comfortable. This guy doesn't have to worry about anything for the rest of his life. He's making 7, 9, 10, 11, 11. He's good with money. He's safe at third. No one's going to push him at that spot at this point. They're committed. So I think he's going to have a, a better year. And when it comes to those guys that are a few years away, older guys like a Scooter Gannett won't be there. You can shift guys around too. And you never know, Peraza might end up at second. You know, we talked about that earlier. But I think Suarez is kind of locked in there. And, and I like him. I don't, I don't know what you think about him, Chris, but I think he's a really solid ball player. Does no, he fit I, the window though? Does he fit the window? Yes, I think he does. I think he's, I think he's going to be there no matter what. But I think that, a guy like that, 
can help out in year 2022, 2023. I don't think he's going to fade off. It's gotcha. all about the window. It's all about what are, where are the Reds going to be in 2020 and 2021. If they are still in this rebuild, which I hope for Cincinnati they're not because it's been a bad, it's been bad for the last four years. But if they still are, it wouldn't shock me because of the Suarez contract and if they still have Peraza and he's producing. It wouldn't surprise me if they flipped both of them and found a way to get India to play third sends out to play, you know, he could play second. Like I mentioned, he could play the outfield. But, the, you know, this Reds team, it's hard to put your hand around what like, what kind of team are they going to be. They're not better than the Cubs. They're not better than the Pirates, in my opinion. They're not better than the Brewers, and they're definitely not better than the Cardinals. So by the moves that they made to get Pui, get Wood, get Kemp, albeit in their last years, and they gave up two good prospects to get those guys – the only thing I can think of is they want to at least put a competitive product out there for half the season and then try to, in a way, I don't want to say speed it up because it's already been year five of the rebuild, but maybe get back some starting pitching if what they bought in Puig and Wood and Kemp can at least live up for the first half. But this team is very hard to put your hand around, in my opinion. Do you this think is a team, though, that could have like a Pirates first half. That just comes out of nowhere, starts winning baseball games, and nobody can really explain it. And then has a pirate second half and just completely falls apart. That's what I was just going to say. Do you think this team's going to shock us like Oakland and Tampa? Have a really good first half of the year. Trade deadline comes around. They go from selling to buying pieces that they need. There's no reason that they could say, hey, listen, we got third base locked up. We got mm -hmm. second base locked up. Mm -hmm. This kid, Hunter Green, going to be really good. India going to be really good. But in 2021... We got the lineup now. We got a dominant closer. Let's trade away India. Let's trade away Green. Let's trade away Stevenson and go get a pitcher. Go get a Chris Archer. Go get a Blake Snell. Something like that. Not those specific guys, but guys on teams that have good contracts, not a Jake DeGrom, not that, that level. But you look at guys like that, and if they added a few more pieces, because I think the wood trade and that, and that whole package, it honestly helped the team, and it made the lineup complete. And it made the starting pitching be like, okay, you know what? If they got one more decent starter, they could throw in something with Roanark, Wood, Castillo, that type if of thing. If they got a two. If they get a two. And you look at what uh, Fears did over in Oakland, that deal. Imagine Fears on this team right now. If you could get a Fears-type guy, a two, a three, somewhere in the middle there, like a Gio Gonzalez type of guy, just someone like that, not going to blow your socks off, not a mad bum, not trade for him. But – I mean, they could do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of the gate hot with the lineup and just with, you know how it is at the beginning of the year. The veterans take a little bit. The good teams don't wake up. You look at guys that played longer in the year. You look at the Yankees, they have injuries. The Red Sox, they're going to be coming off a World Series. Do they kind of slug? Do they kind of come out sluggish? The Astros, do they come out hot out of the gates, or do they know they're going to steal that division anyway? And Who cares, right? So you think about that for the National League as well. I don't know. I think this team could do something. But if I were them, I would try and buy some pieces more because your lineup's set and they have pieces like an Iglesias and a Wood that can help you right now. Let's think about it real quick, though. All right, so let's say the Reds are trying to compete for a wild card because they're definitely, I think, if they're competing, they're going to want to try to get a wild card. Yeah, well, 100%. you have the AL East, you have the Phillies, you have the Braves, you have the Mets, and you have the Nationals. Four teams competing for one spot. And yep. are the Reds better than any of those teams if 
let's say one of them wins the division and the other three are behind, are they better than them? Oh, as of right now, no. No shot. Okay. So now let's go to the National League West. Now you look, you have the Dodgers, you have the D-backs, you have the Padres, and you have the Giants. The Giants are in flux like the Reds. You have the other three. Yeah. So let's say, for example, the Dodgers win because they're not better than the Dodgers, and the Dodgers win another division crown. Are they better than the other three teams behind? You know, I think they're they, they're in the I same. Think, yeah, area. I think Arizona took a big step down. That's what I was just saying. I think they're in the same area as the Diamondbacks are right now. Okay. To where I think Colorado's better than the them. pieces they got back. I think Colorado's better, but that's they the are. thing. We're saying where Cincinnati is right now. Mm-hmm. Imagine they just add somebody, and they well, just made little they like. Them? Who can they add though right now, or at least in the next month or two, that would change them so much they over that seventy-four win peak? You know, we jo- we talked about in our Dodgers podcast, like, mm-hmm. man, they could really they could trade Jock Peterson, mm-hmm. Puig, Kemp, and Wood in a big package and go get a young stud like a JT Real Muto. Never thought they were actually going to do it. That's like a video game trade. And out of nowhere, <laughs> the Reds came and they said, "We'll take Kemp, Puig, and Alex Wood. Just take Homer Bailey and some other stuff." And they were like, "Oh, okay." Jeter Downs. That's great. Jeter Downs. Downs and Josiah Gray. Exactly. And but they have uh, the but just like the rest of their farm system. They had so many guys that are going to be up in two or three years. They're like, listen, take some, who cares? And they strategically added it. And if they can pull off another trade or free agent signing, like a Dallas Keuchel. That's what I was about to say. Dallas or Geo. Think if they bring in Keuchel and then they bring in a smaller piece, like a James Shields to throw in. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Keuchel. You're looking at Wood, Ronark, uh, Castillo. And like a James Shields to throw a bunch of innings. As long as all these guys under team control, named Finnegan, named Molly, named Sims, Stevenson, Whistler, those guys, you just need one guy to pan out. We talk about it all the time in trades. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the uh, Dodgers trade f- towards the Orioles. You got the one guy that they wanted, and then they got a bunch of other guys there. If just one extra makes it, that boosts your whole outlook on the team. All they and need you have is a one closer. Guy. Yeah, they have. You have your back end guy. They have veterans that can throw innings and get guys out in different ways in Hernandez and Hughes. I'm just saying, if they went outside the big name free agent, like a pitcher, and they ended up just getting some depth. I mean, even like, go look at like Brandon McCarthy. Go look at uh, Estrada, who I don't think that's great anymore. But you know what I mean? Someone like that, Urban Santana. Somebody, anybody. I don't think they're going to go out and get Machado. I don't think they're going to go out and get Harper. I don't think those guys even think there. But you look around, and there's a lot of guys there. That I think they could go and get. Thoughts, yep. Chris? I see. You see where I'm coming. You see what I'm picking up. What you you're no. picking up what I'm putting down at least. No, no, no I am. I, I'm I'm writing down what you're saying, and that's what I was trying to figure out. Connect the dots here, and you know, I am not. I like Dallas Keuchel. I do a lot. I think he's a bum, but I think that he's still got a <laughs> year left. I don't think he's that good. I think that his best years are behind him. I think he's a three and five of that contract is going to suck. Yep. He's yep. a three. But on this team, you're looking at like an Oakland or a Tampa, where just throw some guys out there and just hope that they play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, no pressure. I do. Natty. Zero but pressure. when you like, I know you've mentioned Tampa and Oakland a lot, and I like the comp. But the only difference between the Reds and those two teams is that they have a bullpen and they've shown the Rays last year and Oakland, you could say the last 
year plus where they were able to find a way to not – I mean, look, Oakland didn't even have a rotation between A.J. Puck and Cotton and all those guys. I mean, they were they were two pitchers away from having a triple-A team basically in their starting rotation. So, yeah, the end of the last year, absolutely. You know, th- they were relying on a bullpen and young hitters, okay? Tampa Bay was basically bullpenning if Archer up until he was traded wasn't pitching and Snell. So, you know, if, if I want to use that same formula – for the Reds, I don't see it meshing and working because they don't even have – I mean, Iglesias, taking him aside, he can't pitch every single day. They need to have more reliable arms, and I don't see Cincinnati doing that. And on top of that, they don't have a good track record of developing pitching like Oakland does in a bigger ballpark, like Tampa, who seems to be always three steps ahead of everybody else. So, you know, I love the comp. I like it. I want – if the Reds can acquire – a veteran pitcher, then I think that would maybe speed up the process and at least, you know, show those young kids how to pitch, how to be a professional, because right now they really don't have anybody. I mean, Wood's a nice guy, but they're not going to try to follow him. You know, they need to have that James Shields type or, you know, a, you know, a Chris Sale from the Red Sox. Or you Trace know, Chloe Kluber. Yeah, or Chloe, you know, Kluber or even Madison Bungar. Not saying the Reds are going to get him, but just somebody of that ilk who they can follow and learn from. Because right now, you just got a bunch of kids that are just in a ballpark, and they're just like, "What do I do?" Yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't, I don't buy what I'm saying about them like getting their one piece away. I'm just saying, if you look at last year, if we were talking last year at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go back. And I said, all right. Atlanta's going to win their division. Yep. Oakland's going to make the playoffs. Yep. The Rays are going to win 90 plus. Yep. You would tell me I'm crazy. I would, I would tell say, you that Atlanta's the year ahead of schedule. Yeah. Atlanta's the only one that you could say, all right, maybe, because if some guys yeah. come up quick. Yep. But Oakland and Tampa, um, you're a flat-out liar if you're saying, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I had Oakland's Oakland's over-under yeah. last year was 74 and a half. Yeah. I wouldn't and the Rays were probably worse. Yeah, I wouldn't predict that. No. So that's what I'm just saying. The lineup's there. They have mm-hmm. some veterans mixed in. If they could just get over mm-hmm. the hump, trade one big move. You know, this mm-hmm. was a pretty big move to get. But they got they got a bunch of role guys. Wood's a role guy. Puig's mm-hmm. a role guy. Kemp's a role guy. Go and get that big fish. Name but can they be the Phillies, though? Can, can they be the Phillies of last year where nobody expected them to jump up as much as they did? Can they if be they, that? I think if they got a legitimate piece, yes. Because okay. if you look at that Phillies roster last year, their mm-hmm. pitching was really good with Arietta, who I didn't think was that good last year. I thought he was going to fall off. But you just look at the veterans in the bullpen, Hernandez and Hughes. They can get it done. And Glacius isn't going to pitch every day like you said. But we're talking about this lineup ready to hit. I oh, could, they can I mess. Could, I could see Cincinnati putting up five, six runs every once in a while, eight runs every once in a while. Okay. They just have to give up seven. Exactly. <laughs> but you give up five, give up six, you don't need Glacius three days in a row. Throw one of the veterans in that can get that done. You know what I mean? That's yep. all I'm saying with that. We spent a lot of time on that, but we covered the whole infield. We know Peraza, Suarez, Gannett, Votto, and Barnhart. The outfield, you had it really down pat well, Chris, with what they wanted to platoon. So why don't you explain to everybody what you think the outfield's going to be? Because I know I agree, and also wasn't here for it, but I think he's going to like what you said. Well, you think about it right now. It's going to be Puig and Winokur you know, platooning at least one spot, mainly left. And, you know, I'm, you know, that's the one I want to hit it the most because with Billy Hamilton gone, 
they really only have one young outfielder who I think has potential to be an all-star. And Winokur can hit the you-know-where out of the ball. He's got premier bat speed, but he can't hit lefties. He has an OPS of 700, I think, if maybe give or take a point or two. But, you know, I'm of the mindset, and I know, I know Dave and I were talking before the show that, you know, I would rather see the kid go out because this Reds team, if they're going to win, they need him to go through the struggles now. Why baby him? and not allow him to face lefties. But to Dave's argument, he you know he made a great point that, you know what, maybe the Reds feel like he's not ready for that right now and they don't want to ruin his confidence because neither he or I, nobody knows except for the Reds, Winnaker better than anybody. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the rest of the, you know, the Reds outfield, there's potential, like, you know, like Dave said, where the power's going to play. They're going to hit some bombs. Yeah, they're going to hit for sure. So who are we talking about being this third outfielder? I you forgot, well, Kemp, Kemp's out there too, but he's going to be platooning. He's going to be platooning. There's uh, Philip Irvin. There's uh, Scott Schleber. There's other guys there that are on the roster. And Schleber wasn't that bad last year. He came over in that trade with Peraza, if I recall, right? Pretty sure it was. Pretty sure. Right. I think so. Hold These on. people forget Peraza came from the Dodgers. People forget yes. that. You know, but yeah, right here, they got Winokur, Siri, Shebler, Puig, Kemp, and Irvin. Irvin is a platoon guy. You're going to have Kemp, Puig, and honestly, here's my here's my starting outfield, okay? And tell me if I'm wrong. I'd have Schlebler, wow, this is a crazy name, Shebler in right. I would have Puig in, I would have Puig in center and Winokur in left, and Winker. I would have him in left, and then have Kemp come off the bench and or platoon with either Shebler or even, you know, uh, Kemp or a Puig to a certain degree. What Matt Kemp are we going to get this year, do you think? Are we going to get Dodgers Matt Kemp, or are we going to get Braves Matt Kemp? Oh, Dodgers. The fact that he's, that he's not happy about the fact that he's where he is, say, I'm sure. If, if, if Puig can get him excited, him. yeah, if Puig can get him excited to play again, and they can put him in a 10 big, listen, you're going to be the leader of this team. You're gonna, everyone's going to be following you around. You're going to be the professional. We want you to be that professional. We want you to be comfortable and happy. What can we do for you so that you can do for us? I think he can do it. If they just roll him out there just as like a, he's going to play 40 games this year, he's going to suck. Let's talk about – we usually do sign pitching first, but let's just look at the bullpen quick. They have a bunch of question marks now with Stevens, Reyes, uh, Cody Reed, Wandy Peralta, uh, Lorenzo, a bunch of guys there. You don't know what they can get out of them. You don't, we always talk about – you know look at the Red Sox this past year. Bra- Brazier was not in our conversation. Going into the start of the year, you look at the trade deadline. You look how Britain went to the Yankees. No one thought Britain's going to the Yankees last year. So I don't really know what you're going to get out of that. You're always going to get one guy to trade it or pop up or come back from injury. And he's going to be really good. What we know is that they have Jared Hughes and Hernandez that can get guys out. They do it well. They don't do it with hard stuff. At least Hughes doesn't. Inglesis is going to be their closer. Hernandez and Hughes are going to get outs for them. Seventh, eighth inning. Maybe they take turns in the seventh inning platoon it type of thing. Chris, do you know, or Austin, do you know anyone that's going to pop up and take that seventh or eighth inning role, specifically probably the eighth inning, or is it just a wait and see type of thing? Michael Lorenzen. All right. So you think Lorenzen is going to be the eighth guy? uh, Actually, Dave, to be honest with you, I think Lorenzen's going to be this year's Andrew Miller because, you know. That would be great for them. That would put them in a conversation where – 
That's my point. And I'm yeah. glad that you mentioned the bullpen because you look at it right now, they have, if Hughes can do what he did last year and Iglesias can just stay healthy. Cause I know he's had some nicks and bruises since he's come over to the U S you know, they have their ninth and their eighth. If Lorenzen can shorten the game up, even one inning and kind of allow this bullpen to take shape, because I feel like you look at the rotation, there's going to be some guys who are not going to make it. And if the Reds don't want to send them down to triple A and want to allow these kids to be able to stay up is somebody like, you know, a Cody Reed has a lot to prove. You look at Brandon Finnegan, Disclafani, who's still coming back from Tommy John surgery two years ago. And last year only threw, I think 120 innings. Yeah. He so, showed signs of life, but definitely not at the same yet. No. So, you know, this, this bullpen leaves a lot, you know, there's a lot of potential, but the key, in my opinion, is going to be Lorenzen because he can go more than one inning. He's built – I mean, he's not – I don't think he's, you know, tall by any means. He's only 6'3", so he's not like 6'5", or 6'6". But he's but, not short. No, he's not short, but he's all – but here's the biggest thing. He is probably one of the most fit baseball players that I've seen in the last five years because he's he's one of those guys where – I mean, he had a home run. What was it, last year, two years ago? Yeah, Sackleford told us that he's a tank. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a he he would make a a normal person who works out in the gym feel like you know what I don't want to go here because he's here. <laughs> yeah, and if he can, and it's funny that both of you agree with that. If he can be the eighth inning guy, and or and or be like that that hybrid six seven guy, five six guy, five eight guy, you know, one night he's a fifth inning guy, one night he's an eighth. That makes Hernandez and Hughes so much more useful because they are situational guys, but they can get outs. And, and that's huge, and that's what you need. You need guys that you can throw in there. I mean, just look at the playoffs. Look at Andrew Miller a couple of years ago. Look at Rick Porcello coming in games this year. Look at Chris Sale coming in games this year. Look at David Price coming in games last year and this year. At some point, things get moved around. Things get a little hectic. But to have the option of, Loren, of Lorenzen, Hughes, Hernandez, Iglesias, the bullpen doesn't sound that bad. It's not their weakest point. Their starting pitching is the weakest point in the whole team, I think. But where does Robert Stevenson fit in, guys? Where's Robert Stevenson? I mean, you hope I don't top know, two man. in one day, but you just don't know what you're going to get. He throws gas. He throws hard. He's only 25. He's yeah. under contract forever. And by as, forever, I mean As our good friend Corbin would say, throwing gas don't mean shit if you can't get people out. And that's yeah. the thing. It's just like uh, – We don't give up on arms like that, though. No, yeah, you don't. You it's just like Hunter Green. I mean, you look at Joe Kelly a few years ago. And, Chris, you know this well because you guys beat up on him a lot. Man, 99, 100's great, but when you're throwing it right down the pipe, Dick high fastballs go out really fast. And that's the problem with Hunter Green. That's the problem when Chapman's not 100%, when he doesn't have that nasty slider and he's throwing it not 105 or 103. He's throwing it 98 to 100. He runs the problems with that too. You can't give up on an arm like that yet, and especially a former first-round pick. But he's going to start as their five. He only threw 11 innings last year. So, you know, that's not good. Here's here's another thing that we haven't really talked about either. Think about Mm -hmm. this. We don't know what David Bell's plans are as a manager. Everybody has everybody has their, you know, own style of how they run a team. You know, you have the quirky guys like Tampa, like Chicago, guys like Madden. And but we don't know how David's gonna run this team. So it's hard to say where we where he's gonna fit in. Mm-hmm. We don't kind of know his mindset at this point. He could be one of the weird ones. Yeah, he could be. He could be an opener. He could be a closer. He could be. He could be a little bit of everything. And this team, 
I have no idea what the starting five is going to look like opening day. All I know is that all those guys are in the mix. Uh, Robert, Alex Wood, Roark, Finnegan, Descalfani, Castillo, they're all going to be in the mix. I'm assuming it's probably someone like a veteran like Alex Wood gets the opening day start, but I could be wrong. I was just thinking that I think Roark would get it. Roark, yeah, one of the veterans. I think it's going to be one of the veterans. I just think Alex Wood because of the name from the trade, big trade. Obviously, opening day, you're going to see Kemp and Puig playing opening day along with Wood, I would assume, or at least two of those three, the position players being easier. But, yeah, I don't know about what the starting five is going to be. I just think if they could get one more – If they could get one more veteran and this manager is better than Dusty Baker, which I'm going to bet he is because Dusty Baker blows. But even Price was bad. You think Dusty Baker's good, Chris? I mean, come on. Baker has the champion. I mean, I shouldn't say championships. He has the winning records. He has the titles. I know what his postseason, you know, I know the postseason. His decision making is just poor, though. Like a David Roberts. Dave Roberts is going to come out with a winning record and championships. What? He's an awful manager. Mm-hmm. I think Dusty Baker's the same way. I think he was an analytics team, and he stinks mm-hmm. as a manager. You look at what he did in Washington. Nothing. He was dealt a bad hand in Washington. That team didn't want to was listen he? to What's he I, th- I think if you, if you look at what Dusty Baker does, he's a player's manager. All the guys, by all accounts, I've never read one thing where they did not like him. But I think what Baker's problem was, not just with the Reds or the Nationals or the Cubs or the Giants. I mean, we can go down the line. I think his biggest thing is he has so much trust in the players. He wants to see – like he knows that guys can get it done, but in that certain moment, which is the postseason, some guys just can't. And I think he has that tendency to kind of live by that and die by it. And a lot, and more often than not – he's been dying forever. And he has. But I will say, if we're going to compare him to other Reds managers, he's been one of the more successful ones. You know, he's been he was better than Price – you know, yes. I thought Riggleman, I thought Riggleman did a good job when Price got fired. I was more I was a little more shocked that Riggleman didn't get a better hand in terms of having a shot to be at least a manager. But Dusty Baker was good with the Reds. He he's been he was the last manager when the Reds team was good. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Yes, he was. I just when I look at managers, I look at the postseason. I just look at game to game stuff. I think Aaron Boone mm-hmm. is gonna win another hundred games next year. But Dave, we're so spoiled because we are allowed to think like that because our teams are good. No, no, no. We never had that. Look at John Farrell. He won he won a World Series in his first year. That's I mean, name the list of managers that won it in their first year. It just so happens that Alex Cora just did. But the list isn't long. He was an awful in-game manager, awful with the pitching staff, didn't know the rules half the time either. Dusty Baker, Dave Roberts, Aaron Boone, John Farrell. All four in the same category with me, which are they get wins, they get the boys all riled up and ready to go. But push comes to shove, if you need a big moment, they're going to fold. Ron Washington. Ron Washington. Ned Yost. I mean, the list goes on and on of managers. I mean, Terry Collins. That World Series was so hard to watch as a baseball fan because you had two awful in game managers going at it. Ron Washington did it twice. So, yeah, that too. Um, any closing thoughts on the Cincinnati Reds? You want to go no. first, Austin? I don't really have any closing thoughts. I think this is a 72 to 75 win team. If and... they make a move, I'm up in it to the over. If they if they acquire a solid veteran pitcher, I'll I'll bump. I'll I'll get I'll give them 80 wins. This 80? isn't as 
Yeah, well, 70, they're 70, not going to win 80 games. Well, no, 77 is the over. 77 no, is the over. I'm going to clip this immediately. If they <laughs> if win 80 they, games, it, I'll, I'll swap put it, it. Put it. Put it on Freezing Cold Takes. Tag them on Twitter. If <laughs> they acquire a legitimate number one or number two, a Keiko, a Kluber, they're not going to Are we calling Keiko a two? Keiko's not a on two. This team, on this team, he is. But you got to think of the ballpark. on this team. Like, Well, yeah. that's true. I'm just saying a big name. If they get a... Legitimate big name, being Keiko, being whatever, be trading for Kluber. You know, I'm not talking if they go out and get a you know, Gio Gio Gonzalez. That's not gonna. <laughs> that's not gonna rock my socks. If they go get a Estrada, that's not gonna make me get eighty. If they You're go talking make another Stroman, trade, I'm talking big like name. That. I'm talking a legitimate one and two. Keiko would get me close just because it's adding to that team, and maybe he can teach them how to pitch. But if they go and make another trade like they did with LA, and they go pick up another pitcher, a legitimate pitcher. I'll bump them at 80, 77 to 80 wins. Absolutely. But if they're going to get one of those top guys, though, they're going to have to give up one of their Hunter pieces. Green's gone. And they yeah, should. Hunter you know Green. what? Why, why prospect hug? Why prospect hug for a team where you have third base and shortstop and first base, and if they sign Studernet to an extension, second base, all settled? That means you don't need some of those guys. You don't need a Nick Sensel. You don't need a Jonathan India. You don't need them. You really don't because they're blocked. And – Look at the Yankees right now with uh, Clint Frazier. I mean, they're just kind of hanging on to him, just decreasing value day by day. Look at Sonny Gray. There's a guy that would fit well in Cincinnati. Not a big no market. I, that, doesn't make me, that doesn't make me go, ooh, they're going to get 80 wins. But it does make me go, ooh, that's another interesting piece. With no he knows pressure. how to baseball. He knows how to throw baseball. He likes it when there's no pressure. He could he could work well there, and then all of a sudden you got a little bit of a platoon. There's guys out there they can make trades for, and I think if they moved on from some of these guys, Hunter Green's going to come back from this injury. You never know what he's going to do. Move him now. Tyler Stevenson, you talked about him for a little bit there, uh, Chris, and you had your doubts for those reasons. Well, you know what? You got Barnhart until 2022. Okay, that's fine. Go make a move. I, that's all I'm saying. If they could do it, clip it. You heard it here first. I, the, you know, the two guys, though, I would not trade is Senzel and Trammell. Those are the two I don't trade if I'm the yep. Reds. Trammell, I don't trade because they don't have any outfield prospect. Absolutely well, not, not just that. He has a potential to be a he's five. He's going to be an all-star. Like, he does. Yeah, he's going to be a star. Senzel, though, is going to be very good. Healthy. He's going to be unreal. He needs to stay healthy, though. He's dealt with hand. He's and got ver- he's had vertigo the last two years. Yep, but you know a name that we just talked about and we're going to talk to right now? Uh, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has been listed in trade talks. Trevor Bauer right. is supposed to be this crazy guru that knows more than everybody. Trevor Bauer is supposed to be the next big ace, even though he only had one good year in the major leagues. I don't like Trevor Bauer. But trade Sensel and Green for Bauer, and now you have Bauer on that team as your number one. Okay, so now we got Bauer. We got I think Sensel Green gets you Kluber. Do you want the older guy? Basically, is what it comes down to. Do you want the older guy that's paid a lot, or you want the younger guy that you can have control over? But either way, get one of them. If you get one of them, you can book this team for seventy-seven plus ones. And Chris, am I wrong in thinking that Sensel Green gets you Kluber? I mean, those are two big guys. Well, Sensel, you know, Senzel is ready to win. He's a ready now prospect. Green is at least three years away. I would even say maybe four, just because of the lack of development and control in his secondary pitches and mainly the fastball because it's so straight but yeah, that 
that is a pretty rich package. And for the amount of years that Kluber has left, you know the Indians want to haul back. If you called me and I had Kluber and you said, I'll give you Senzel and Hunter Green straight up for Kluber, that would be a hard call. I would I would have to, you know, pause for the cause and really be like, do I want to say no to this? Because I'll have a potential starting second baseman and a maybe mid-rotation starter to ace in Hunter Green. It'd be hard to say no to that. I will tell you that much.